everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me today is Matt Patrick. Matt, how's it going, man? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing lovely. This is uh, this is going to drop at the end of July, um, so it's a little bit sad because a lot of our summer is going to be gone Almost by the time over. that anybody gets to listen to this, which is always uh, a little bit of a sad moment. Yeah, it's weird. Summer summer routines is interesting. As our kids get older now, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's way too quick. Yeah. 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 I, so we're recording this in early July. Mm-hmm. Both you and I just got back from vacation not too long ago and, uh, feeling refreshed. Your vacation recharged. sounded maybe a little bit more fun than mine. Yours was more of like a kid vacation. Yeah. I had to go watch a bunch of kid baseball games. It was great. Yeah. But you got to stick your toes in the sand a little bit. I did. I got about five hours of beach time in the week I was there. Yeah. A little more than that, maybe. Can't complain about five hours of beach time. Though. No, it was great. Weather was fantastic, and it was good to be down there with family. We uh, we got back from the Caribbean right before Elsa hit, which is uh, relatively <laughs> Maybe the good. last person to ever visit St. Lucia. Yeah. It was nice, though. It was uh, beautiful beaches, great weather. Really good food. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, if anybody from the St. Lucian travel department listened to this, the food was wonderful, best ever. Can't it beat it? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? They're not paying us, so we don't care. Yeah, it was terrible. It was. It, it wasn't great. You like chicken fingers and burgers. It was. No, they had. They had like nice fancy meals. menus, but the execution. Average food. Average food. Yeah. yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's like if you know if I advertise, hey, we we're gonna have inclusive? this five course filet mignon dinner, and I went and got my food at Kmart. If they sold food, that's you know that's kind of yeah. what it would be like. Was it all inclusive? It was. Yeah, we stayed at a Sandals Resort. Uh, it was all inclusive. Um, but all the, the drinks you can drink. All the drinks and they, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't do a bad job there. What <laughs> uh, they, they'd made up and they, they did poorly in food. They made up in alcohol. I think that's their, I think that's their business model. Yes. We don't have to, we can say that we have good food and make it look fancy, but you're not really going to taste it. You're so already drunk. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get it. Yep. Yeah. We stayed and there's a, they had a little restaurant thing on the beach uh, that we went to for lunch every day and you could get like nachos, like um, snack type yeah. stuff. So Meredith hit that up pretty, pretty hard. And we did most of that type of stuff. We didn't do like big fancy dinners or. You didn't leave the resort at all either, did you? We did. We, we left the resort for one. Uh, we went and rode some ATVs. Uh, and that, that part was a little bit fun. Um, but for the most part, we stayed on site. Cool. Yeah. Well, glad you're back, Mike. Good to be back. Um, refreshed, energized, ready to take on the world. A little darker skinned. You know, little, yeah. A little, little, bit, little bit of a tan a bit. working. Yeah. So. Not bad. Good times. Um. Today, our icebreaker, if that wasn't it, yeah. uh, it's going to be share one bizarre encounter you've had in your life. A bizarre encounter. I have the alien issue. You were abducted too? I was abducted. No, no, right off my front porch. No, I have never been abducted by an alien, nor have I ever seen anything that remotely makes me think there is aliens. No. Um, you never my- had like a UFO experience where you're like, oh, I think that might, oh, that's weird. Nothing like that. Mm, not yet. Yeah, me Maybe either. one day. Yeah, me um, I got to hang out with Hank Aaron for about 45 minutes when I was 12 years old on a backfield in at Municipal Stadium in West Palm Beach, Florida. It was um, where I was growing up. I was playing hooky, I'm sure, from school. Uh, and I was walking around, and there was a backfield uh, batting practice going on, and he was hanging out. Just and, randomly, he was there. Yeah. He, he was a Braves uh, spring training instructor at the time. This is in mid-'80s at this point. Um. And uh, super nice. Talked to me for a long time. Just me and my dad were there. And we just hung out and talked to him for 45 minutes. It was when a great you were experience. 
when you were eight years old, did you understand the gravity of that was Hank? I was 12. So you said 12. Yeah. But by the time I definitely knew who Hank Aaron was, I I collected baseball cards and I was really into baseball at that point. And, uh, it was really cool. I I remember going, Hey dad, 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 there's a, there's Hank Aaron. He's like, just go up there and say hi. And I did. And he got, I got a signed ball with him and still in my office to this day. And, um, Actually, what they were doing is the Expos and the Braves who trained there at the time were actually playing an inter-squad game of just the pitchers. The pitchers oh, wow. were playing position, and they had a batting machine, uh, pitching machine, throwing batting practice for the pitchers. That's as cool. they had a backfield, it was neat to watch. Yeah. And I, you know, we'd bring like a bucket to go catch fly, you know, home run ball from the backfield. I'd walk away with thirty or forty balls in a day. Go catch a bunch of foul balls. And you just get to keep them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go get the balls. Yeah, That's fun. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of fun. I used to love going to spring training games as a kid, but that was my my encounter. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, he was nice to me. I didn't have any kind of. He doesn't remember it, you. He has yeah. no idea who I am. No, no. I mean, like, he probably didn't remember ever being in West Palm Beach. Hey, Hank, do you remember <laughs> Matt? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do not remember him. Uh, I once uh, ate, I'm going to phrase like that. I once ate dinner with James Harden. Oh, yeah. But not really. <laughs> so I was you, in. Uh, there was a guy with a beard? Uh, I, so you can go look at this on my Instagram. Yeah. There's, 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 uh, there's receipts here. Um, but I was at, I think it was at Applebee's or some just random restaurant in, uh, Minnesota. I think I was in Minnesota, Minneapolis. And there was a guy at the bar. I was sitting in a booth with some friends. Um, and I promise you that was James Harden. And we made bets. Like, I promise you that's James Harden. I'm going to go talk to him. That is, that is freaking James Harden. This was 10 years ago. And, uh, um, so I did, I went and said, Hey man, how's it going? I knew it wasn't him because the rockets, he was, you know, I think it was with the, or maybe it was OKC at the time. And they, like, I looked up their schedule and he wasn't anywhere near there, but, um, I had, so I, I took a picture with him and, uh, said, you know, James Harden. hanging out with James Harden. This was a random dude with a beard. And everybody believed it. Go look at the picture. I mean, I'm telling you, it is James Harden. It's his, it's his twin brother. It's ridiculous. Uh, the lookalike, but. That was always fun. Signed his autograph, James Harden. Didn't get to go that far. He was, uh, he, you know, he played along with it well. Uh, I would imagine this isn't the first time this has happened to him. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he was a, he was a good sport. Um, I, to this day, I still believe, man. Was it, he really tall? Uh, no. no was he it? was. He was, it was not him. He was tall. He was not really tall. Yeah, James um, Harden, I think, is really tall. I think he's well. Yeah, I would like imagine six he's five, tall. six six, something like that. Um, it, to be fair, he was sitting down at the bar. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you can catch me in moments today that I still think, you know what? I still think that was him. It, like, it's that realistic. I'll have to show you the picture. It's in my Instagram. Um, but it, it was, uh, it was a fun time. That sounds like fun. I like, you know, that'd be interesting. Convince it, everybody. If you've ever seen an NBA guy, uh, like I've I've seen them. I actually sat right in front of uh, Joachim Noah on a plane once. Oh my. Uh, that's a big dude. He's tall. He's 6'10". Yeah. And he's in the first class seat. Uh, and he was ever bit needing it because his yeah. knees were in the seat and the next seat in front of him. He's a big dude. I'm short. And so whenever I see somebody tall, I like, oh man, that guy's tall. Whenever you see like NBA player tall. That's way different. That's, it is. It is. It is nine a day way different. And as you get perspective, if you ever get to be, you know, walking, like I, you know, walked to my seats from the floor seats before and you'll see like, you know, Marcus Saul was in it when he was in town. I mean, he's seven foot two or whatever he is. It's a big man. Yeah. It's a different, another level. I mean, it's a foot and a half above me. That's modern day giants. That's uh Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, that, that is, that is a different level. Yeah. So you're tall yeah. though. So I mean, it's um, not as big definitely, a deal for you. I'm way tall. I'm six foot tall. So I know that's tall. I mean, tall. Or just taller than me. 
That's tall you, Mike. I'm sitting down to make sure we're at the same level as Mike in yeah, the video today. Right. Yeah. I'm short. Something you, I live I'm with. so much taller than him. We couldn't even be in the same frame. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's, that's why. And also, I'm not lazy. I didn't even sit down. Yeah. I, well, we can get yeah. to that later. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the real reason that we're here today is to talk about things that actually impact the people who listen to our podcast. Yes. And not just our fun stories, even though you get a little bit of insight into who we are. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, or the thing that we're going to talk about today is something that uh, I, th I think is important to, to bring up because um, one of the hardest parts about being a leader in a business that's growing and, and trying new things is you don't always get a chance to bounce those things off of other people or even get confirmation of, you know what, this is going well, or this I'm doing this right. There's always that unknown. And is there anybody in this with me? And there's kind of just a lonely island feel whenever you're uh, you own a business or, you, you know, you're, you're leading or whatever it may be. Uh, and so I want to kind of bridge that gap a little bit today with some of our listeners. And we're going to talk about growth. Um, specifically, you know, if you, if you're in a business that is experiencing growth, what are some of the things you need to be aware of? Some of the things that you're going to experience growing pains, um, and hopefully provide some empathy to our listeners that may be dealing with some of this stuff and maybe even give you some thoughts, nuggets to to go back and contemplate and, and ask yourself, do I have some of this stuff in place to make sure that we're growing well? Um, Matt, give me some perspective a little bit about from the time that you started the firm, I don't wanna go back that far. Let's say, you know, in the past seven or so years, we've experienced a good bit of growth. What mm -hmm. are some of the pains that you've gone through in trying to figure out over that time period? Um, so we've been fortunate enough to grow um, Sometimes in spite of ourselves, uh, we, we, the, the pain we really have felt is the, there's plateaus, natural business plateaus that kind of happen as you hit certain levels. And as you have certain people on your team, take on new responsibilities. You know, the, the first challenge obviously I think is understanding, um, making sure you have people to do the work that you're selling. Uh, you know, if you're a restaurant and you're growing, make sure you're staffed properly. If you're an accounting firm, same thing, make sure you have enough people on the team um, to take up the, I'll say the brain damage that comes with growth. And so the brain damage to me in our world is, all right, are we bringing in the right type of clients? You guys talked about customers last week, right? So are the right type of customers coming in? And then, okay, great, do we hire the right people to do the work? And then from there, are we training and developing the people the right way? And then from there, what happens when we don't bat a thousand when we hire? So you're still, you don't want to, take your foot off the gas pedal of your sales and marketing engine, but you've made a bad hire and you have to let somebody go or somebody didn't work out or somebody decides to leave. You already have that engine running. You don't necessarily have the capacity or the budget even, or the, um, uh, you know, you, you need to re-examine your whole process when you bring somebody that didn't work out. Like, so it's, do we not recruit the right person or do we just have the wrong person? Or do we not develop them right? So that hiring problem became a very transparent issue as we've grown. Um, that's on the one side. The other side is how much control of an owner are you really losing as you grow? Because you have to start trusting people a lot more as you keep growing. Do you ever feel afraid or fear that the growth your company is going to have is going to outpace your ability to lead it well? Yes. Is that like a constant thing or is that just every once in a while that pops in your head? Um, uh, it's not constant. It's certain things make me fear, you know, um, you know, 
for transparency, this is really the only business I've ever owned. Uh, we've, I've been doing this a long enough time to have learned a lot of mistakes, you know, learned from a lot of my mistakes over the years. Um, not every hire I've ever hired has worked out and not every idea I've had worked out. And um, what I think will work sometimes works really well. And sometimes it works even better than I thought. And like I said, we grew in spite of ourselves a lot. Very fortunate to have a wonderful group of peers around me, um, both in the office, but also uh, other firm owners and other small business owners that I re I've relied on over the years to get me where I get enough input, I think, to make decisions from. I'm also not afraid to make mistakes because I feel like I can overcome them yeah. with just keep trying because I'm not going to give up and I'm going to keep figuring out till I get to work. You'll be able to out hustle the mistakes that you make. Correct. And I've made plenty. I've spent a ton of <laughs> stupid, I mean, I've spent, I mean, I have a stupid tax that I spent a lot of times over um, just because, you know, you have an idea that you think it's going to work and it doesn't. I mean, I've, I got a business failure in my background. I've got, um, uh, I've got a number of pieces of software that I have th theory I've bought and put on a shelf and never used. I've got software that we've tried and technology we've tried that didn't work out and relationships that we've tried and didn't work out. And then also the people side, we've hired people that were the right people, but we didn't develop them. Right. So we messed up. They didn't mess up and, or we weren't the right fit for them because we, we hired them hoping to kind of hope that they may be that one day and they never really were developed by us the right way, or they didn't have the skill set, and they were never going to have that skill set. Those are all the mistakes we've made over the years. Um, my own damage when it comes to, uh, you asked the question of whether or not I feel like this doubt is just that, am I the right person to lead us for the next 10 years, yeah. the next five years, and is the direction I want to go in the right direction of the firm? Um, you know, with us having two brands now, they're, they're kind of, they're so similar, but they're also so unique. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of get distracted for one versus the other. It's also, you know, you have different priorities and you have different relationships and that part's always challenging. And at some point, you know, I have to start thinking I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 in a couple of years. And it's like, how much longer do I want to do this and grow this? And how big do I want to do it? And then if I do grow it, who, what's that? What happens? Plan look how like, do yeah. I get out of this thing? Can I sell it? <laughs> do I give it, do I sell it to an employee? Do I have a family member that wants it? Drop we, the keys, walk away. <laughs> well, it's a, but it's a major part of my family's wealth. I mean, yeah, look at, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a major asset that at some point I would like to figure out what that looks like. And so today we get a lot of, in, um, people reaching out from, you know, uh, private equity or venture capital firms looking to make investments in our businesses and uh, our model. And I'm like, I'm not in the position where I want to give up any of my own equity. And I'm also not in a position where I want to change my ability to control these things. Yeah. So control is a big one. So control is still a big one to me. I don't have any partners. I have uh, key leaders that are well compensated, but then nobody owns any equity but me. And that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I always, you know, regardless of the size of the company, I feel like most people that go through growth are experiencing similar pain points. And, you know, I'm this is, this is true if you are you're looking to add your first employee because uh -huh. you know you brought on a new key client and revenues doubled or you know you're a million dollar company and next thing you know you're you've grown to 1.3 or whatever it may be yep. whatever size you know you want to label as growth you still have some key issues re, you know, across the board people are, are always 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 going to be at the top of that list the people that you have serving your customers 
um, the vendors that you're working with, the customers, the clients that you are serving, all of that is people driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was thinking, you know, if you can't, if you can't learn to navigate people well, you're going to, you're going to outpace your abilities a lot quicker than you otherwise would. This is something that I think you do really well. You're, you're really good with people. you you have some people smarts, you know, street skills, whatever you want to call it, where you can kind of see and read in between the lines and figure those things out. Um, if that's a place that you're lacking though, that's going to be, it's going to be really difficult to scale and continue that growth pattern. It was one of the first, and I appreciate the compliment, but I also would say, uh, I do have, I think some people deficiencies too. Um, and so one of the first things I did was hire a business coach that was helping me develop my ability to manage people. I still avoid confrontation. I still don't have the conversation I need to have a lot of times. Um, I, I'm good with people as a, I, I, I like the people we are around and I like to make sure they're enjoying their place they work. I don't do a great job of holding people accountable and that's my own downfall. Um, it's, it's, I find it very hard for me to do that because I want to, I want them to like me and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a challenge. Um, but as an, as an owner, you're right. The first hire was hard. You know, when we hit a million dollars, that was hard. Our next goal, you know, or the goals that we have set up now for our, you know, our BHAG and our three-year goals, I see thinking like, okay, am I the right, are we on the right track? And I feel like we are, but we've done a lot with, you know, we did um, a lot with entrepreneurial leadership. We did a lot with scaling up with Mike Sink. We've done a lot with the idea of how do we scale to the next level. And so, you know, we have these, we have these big goals of us trying to get to, let's just say it's a, you know, a 10 to $15 million firm. Okay. How does how do we go from where we are today to that? And are we on the right track, both providing the service level that we expect to have, but also are we developing our people the right way? And, are we hiring and um, recruiting the right way? And is our sales engine the way we want to be? Those are all things that I'm like, I feel like sometimes we're just, I feel like I'm just guessing. But one of the things that we've done over the past, I'll say three or four years or so, is in, in your ability to recognize that mm-hmm. you've been able to bring people alongside mm-hmm. of you that could take a little more ownership over those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, developing our leadership team to say, you know, what, a, this is something that I, I may be weak in, or it's simply something that I know that I'm not going to be able to focus on because of everything else that's going on. And developing people to take on those responsibilities is absolutely critical to continue that growth trend. I, I see it as one of our major factors in why we've able to exceptionally grow the way we have the last few years is because it wasn't all on me as a leader to know how to do all these things. We have done a really good job of identifying leaders in our practice, putting in position to lead, and then trying to work and develop them as leaders, and then making sure they all understand our common vision where we're trying to go. And they set, we set goals together as a team, but they have to go execute those goals. And we've been really fortunate to have really good leaders as part of the team. We've, we've, um, I mean, if you look at our team that we've developed, it's all people we basically we've brought up from, you know, entry level employees mm-hmm. to where they're now leaders in our practice. And so only exception to that Sandy, we were, it was acquired, you know, we merged and acquired with their with her practice. But overall you look at, you know, you and Kim and, and Shelby, they're all people, you, you all started off as staff accountants or, you know, a salesperson in our office mm-hmm. and all quickly grew to the position you guys are in. And I think it's both fun for you guys in that role because you can see the whole development of it, but also it's all new for all of you guys. You've never, let a practice in that area before. So you're learning as you go too. Sure. That's the fun and challenging part of it. I think we all like about it. It absolutely is. Uh, to be able to build something is, 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 is very fun. 
And it's a unique opportunity that not mm-hmm. everybody gets. Um, but developing those people to be able to fill the gap. And one of the things that we're you know working on and even thinking through now is, all right, what's, what's that next, next level of leadership? Yeah. So how do we, as we continue to grow, we always have to be backfilling and find somebody, all right, I need to replace myself. And that mindset has to always be there in order to continue that growth trajectory. Otherwise, we're going to get to the point where it's, you know what, everything's going to start to suffer yep. and everybody's going to start getting burning, burnt out. And then it's going to be, oh yep. my goodness, what do we do now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at, you know, overall growth of where we are. I, I feel like there's been some times when we've outgrown our ability to keep up with the work. That's sure. very, uh, a lot of businesses run into that problem. I, I think that happens a lot today with every business and the owner feels that stress, both the oh crap, I want to say yes to this work, but oh crap, if I do that, the person's going to cry in my office. And that happens a lot here. Um, and we, and, and the nice thing is our team understands it. And I, I feel, I hope they feel like there's empathy in the room. They know that we will all step in and pitch in and when that happens. But at the same time, we're like, it's not fair to the operations team. If I turn off the, uh, if I don't keep the, if I don't, if I keep the funnel on, and outside of that, if I keep the funnel on that, if I turn the funnel off, that means the sales team might be happy. Yeah. So it's like you, always that balancing act of how much you grow and one of the things that you always have to remember and remind yourself of is that everybody else on our leadership team cares just as much uh and i don't know if just as much is the right word because this isn't our baby in the same way that it is but you get what i'm saying like everybody cares and so while we may be breaking down crying in your office because oh my goodness what's going on it's more out of a place of Man, I just need a place to vent, and yep. no one else understands this like the other people that yep. are on that team uh, do. Uh, and it's a place to vent, right? And so, and I appreciate that. And and likewise, it's just let's talk it out. All right, what help do you need? What can I do to help you? Let's get it. Figured and sometimes out. it's you can do nothing to help me. I just got to get through it. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you need help, I'm here. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just damn, we've got to do a better job of doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's good place to vent. And that's yeah. okay. Both those things are okay. Um, what I don't like is when it becomes a venting session with no solution and it's just a chance to gripe. That's not good for anybody. We have to figure out a way to make yeah. it better. Yeah. And, it, it, and is this a short-term problem or is this a process problem or is this a model? Is it a problem model? to fix or is it a tension to live in? Yeah. 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 And are we just going to have this never going to get fixed? And yeah. so we have to address these. And that's what we, you know, I look at our big our big improvements to this was really looking and identifying where we're trying to go. So going back to our strategic vision of, you know, three and five year goals through BHAG and then identifying that as a one year goal. How do we make our next milestone, which we're trying to get to. And then we go trail that back into a quarter goal. And then, you know, every team has their specific action items to make that happen. When we hit our goals this quarter. And I think that's allowed me to have a lot better perspective of, I think it's easy to stay distracted maybe by all the different things that you could do, but also the trying to probably accomplish too much too fast and you really accomplish nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I- We're working really, really hard on all the things that don't matter. Or we got That's distracted by three of the things and, I, and it happens yeah. and we've done it and we will do it again, I'm sure. But it's like, okay, these are what we said our priorities are. Here's the things we think can definitely move our big needle or our rock for that quarter to mainly make, make where we hit our goals. Let's stay focused there. And then next quarter, we'll address it again and see if there's anything we need to add to it or change. But we, And then with our one-year vision really helps us kind of stay focused in the short term. And then you have the bigger vision. Are we heading towards our bigger goal? That's helped so much in identifying where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, though, because we, we've, you know, our BHAG is 
somewhat loose um, sometimes, which is I want to do these things. And we, we probably haven't, I'll say, set that in stone enough to make where we really understand what that looks like. But um, one of the things that we've kind of struggled with a little bit is that we have grown so much over time that it's almost like, well, now what? We mm -hmm. hit all of those milestones. And so, Art, are we just wanting to grow for the sake of growing? Mm -hmm. What's the bigger purpose behind that growth? Is it to, you know, increase revenue? Is it to, yep. you know what, we want to do something different and spin off this whole brand new business line? You know, what yep. is that? And it's hard as you continue to grow and you start to hit the, all your milestones that you set in front of you. At some point, it you have to ask the question, well, what are we actually doing? What, right. what is the what is the why That's behind been our one existence? And you know, we've had this conversation a lot. This has been one of my biggest struggles over the last few years. As we've, I mean, just perfectly honest, you know, honest here is is the we've exceeded all of our own expectations. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been great. I love that we've done that, but it now makes me reset and go. Well, I mean, our goal was to do this, and we did that three years ago, and I haven't really figured out what the next thing is I want to go accomplish is. And so you go. I just want to keep growing. Well, now it becomes we're just really refining and, you know, let's make sure we bring in the exact clients we want to bring in and make sure we're hiring the best people we can find. And let's make sure we're developing the best people the best we can. Those are all very short term, very tactical uh, improvements. They're not a long term strategic vision to I want to have, you know, a billion dollars in revenue one day. That's not a goal even remotely, but like I don't have a target to go reach. Yeah. Um, I just want to make it better. Yeah. So better it becomes really subjective. And um, nowadays, I, you know, our big thing is I want to make sure we are really impacting our clients' lives. And that's what, that's what we're really trying to work towards. Being intentional. And, and intentional in our impact on our clients and our people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so as, as, as you grow, as any company grows, I, I think there's a couple of things to be mindful of that, uh, that I want to talk about a little bit. Um, the, to, to, to kind of, fend off that fear of I'm going to outgrow or outpace my ability to actually lead. It's super important that you bring people around you. Like we talked about, whether it's a leadership team or even outside advisors that are essentially your sounding board. And with that, I think of it from the standpoint of legal, you, you need to have some type of person that, or, or team of people that you can go to and say, this is what we're doing, or this is what we want to do. Where am I, you know, is this going to be out of bounds? What do I need to be aware of? What are the things that I don't know that I maybe should know about this? And a legal team or a person can really help with that greatly. I also think about HR and, and this is why this was enlightening to me. Um, there are, if, if you're, if you have employees and you're growing, every time you hit a multiple of 10, you need to think about your HR compliance, 10 employees, 20 employees, 30 employees, 40 employees, 50 employees. Cause there is, as soon as you hit that mark, there is another compliance domino that has fallen, whether it's uh, Cobra or FMLA or paid maternity leave or ACA getting all the way up to hundred employees where you have EEO reporting requirements. There are different compliance pieces that have to be handled that you probably aren't aware of as you continue to add people, because it's not at some point, it's not just another employee. It's another employee plus a whole bunch of compliance. And you have to have somebody on your team that knows that stuff that, or you can go to and say, Hey, this is what's going on, which is kind of part of the, the fun thing that Greg gets mm -hmm. to do here with our clients and, and help them walk through those things, not to toot our own horn, but your accounting has to evolve with you as you grow. 
if I am a single location, one entity, you know, one owner person that's doing quarter of a million dollars of revenue, my accounting can be relatively simple. But as I, you know, multiplied to 10 locations or I brought on multiple partners or my revenue is just going crazy, I need to evolve to the point where I can track those things and actually have insight into what's going on in my organization way beyond, all right, I have cash in the bank. That needs to be able to evolve with you and you need some people uh, uh, to do that. Insurance needs. Mm -hmm. uh, as you grow, your insurance needs are going to change. Whether that's, you know, I need to add an umbrella policy or I need to have more insurance, you know, PNC on, on whatever it is that my operations are doing or I have multiple locations, I'm in multiple states. Those type of issues need to be addressed. And those are things that you don't always think about as, you know what, we're just, we're doing bigger and better or whatever it may be. And the last thing, and I'll get your thoughts here, is I think it's critically important to have people around you that, that you trust, that have the ability to, to pull back on the reins, that you just simply bounce ideas off of. I, you know, think about it as a board you know, of people. This is your, your sounding board, your advisors, leadership team, whatever it looks like, whatever you want to call it. You need those people in your corner that have, the, have your trust and you can go and say, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking out loud. You know, that's kind of a phrase that we use here and are open and honest enough with you to say, wow, that's a really cool idea or man, that's just a terrible idea. Or maybe it's just simply, that's a good idea, but let's talk about the timing of it. Um, you have to have people in your corner to be able to, to do those things. Well, I, I like the idea of it is you're not alone. You don't have to feel like you're alone. All these are same things, right? So the first one is your, I call your, you know, your uh, sphere of influence is your, you know, that's your, your professional advisor group, you know, it'd be your accountant, your insurance agent, your attorney, your banker, getting those things in alignment, making sure that you're on the right track with, what, those are all kind of, in my world, compliance-oriented, tactical, making sure that all your ducks in a row, T's are crossed, dot, dotted I's. The second one, I like that idea is peer groups, you know, um, having someone else that has the empathy for what you have going on in your world as an owner. You know, it's super important for me to understand that I'm not the only one in the world that's running an accounting firm, but also in running a small business. So, it could be a local mastermind group. It could be a peer group of industry common association like I have. It could be a Vistage group. It has a bunch of business owners like you. There's a bunch of different options there. But having a group of people that you know that go through the grind, we're all selling different yeah. widgets. It's fine. But it, the idea of so many of the same problems I'm a business exist. owner going through a very similar set of tools, some sort of issues that I run to every day. It's, it, I love talking to other business owners just about yeah, I've made that mistake. That was, that was, that cost me a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, all the. Sometimes fails. it's just good to know, man, I wasn't alone I, in that. I'm an idiot, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and then, you know, internally that leadership group having, it's another set of empathy. They, we all have a common vision, a common goal. Um, we know we're into it with the, we want all want the same thing for our own success and their success, the firm success. And knowing that that you can trust the other people in the room to help you hit your goals and they're they know they're relying on you that's just a part of being a, a really good team and that makes a huge difference that you know you're not alone like it's i'm not doing this by myself it's, it's really hard as a business owner it's very hard because you know if your spouse is not involved in your business they don't get it a lot of times they're working another job or a real job and it's not the same um 
that was a big change when Mandy went to work for here, the empathy that she had for us owning a business. Started I mean, to realize she didn't have any level, clue before. Yeah. She just wasn't involved. Yeah. And when she started working here, she's like, oh yeah, you really are. It's pretty mentally taxing every day. I'm like, yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah. It is. And sometimes like, you don't do anything, do you? I'm like, no, I don't. But <laughs> it depends on the day. Um, you yeah. ride that wave. Yeah, yeah. Some days. Sitting back doing nothing. And then, yeah. oh my goodness, Sunday, shut the doors. Yeah, all the stuff. Yeah. Here's the keys. Come get them. Yeah. But yeah, that's the... I think just knowing that you're not alone is a big deal. I, last thing here, and, and we can kind of wrap things up. Uh, I think it's important to understand the bigger you get, the smaller you got to become. You got to be intentional about that. Um, you know, depending upon the study that you read, there's plenty of this been done. Uh, a single person has the ability to effectively lead between eight and 12 people. Again, depending upon the study that you want to go look at, um, eight to 12 people that you can lead really well. And at that point in time, you start to cap out your leadership ability and your influence. And if you think about that from the perspective of, you know, who are you leading? What, what does your team look like? If you are the sole point person for everybody on your team and you got 50 people on your team, you are your biggest problem. You're the worst leader you could possibly have right yeah. now. Yeah. And, and bringing people along to take some of that burden is not easy and it's not quick, uh, but it's absolutely critical at the, at, you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, it's too important to not do. Uh, and so you have to make that a priority. And as you become smaller with your ability to influence others and the growth that you're going to have in your or in your direct reports, whatever you want to call that, you're actually going to free yourself up for future growth and the potential that's down the road. If you don't spend the time developing other people, um, it's just a matter of time before you hit a wall. And at that point, things are going to start to As a business change. leader, they said you should be spending 80% of your time on strategic and 20% on tactical. And I would imagine that most business owners are probably exact reverse of that. If at best they're 20% strategic. Yeah. Um, you cannot do that. If you have everybody reporting to you, all the work has to go through you. You, you can't be operating the role that you need to be operating in the, in the, for the role that you have. Um, your role is the business owners to provide that strategic vision and to develop your team. That's your role. And you need to remember that at all times. Yep. Many, many owners, many leaders, many people don't like meetings. Mm -hmm. They just simply don't, whether they feel like they're ineffective or just too many, whatever it may be. The number one thing you can do as an owner or a leader is have meetings with your people. You have to spend time with people in order to influence people. If you don't spend time with them, you're not going to influence them. Uh, if you're the CEO, the, you know, the main guy, the owner of a company, whatever it may be, and you're not spending time meeting with your people, then your cap is already in place. Uh, you have to change that habit. You have to get to the point where you enjoy meeting with your people. And it, that may mean simply changing the complete agenda of the meeting. You know what? No longer are we going to sit down in a boardroom or a conference room and go through X, Y, Z. We're now going to go and, you know, we're going to go out, sit outside at the picnic table and just talk yeah. or whatever yeah. it may be. You got to get to the point where meeting with your team is something that you actually enjoy doing and you have to do it often. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to influence. Like Mike said, though, if you're only managing eight to 12 people and you can strategically meet with those people, it's a lot easier to manage if you're meeting 50 people. It's not hard. It's not, yeah. not easy. And you're probably able to communicate the way you want to communicate and have the rapport you need to have with your team. Um, I enjoy the one-on-ones we have. I, I, I enjoy the informal meetings we have almost more than the formal meetings mm -hmm. because I, we actually have a real conversation and it's not just us showing, you know, stuff on a, like on a PowerPoint presentation. But we do, we do a good job of our meeting rhythm around here. And I think that's an important part of our growth. Yeah. Influence is the number one skill, Scott, you're going to bring into the table as a leader. 
uh, you don't, you're not a leader without it. And so you got to make sure that you're developing that in a way that makes a bunch of sense and actually gives you bang for your buck. Well, if you guys are out there listening, we'll pre- appreciate you joining us, uh, listening to our thoughts about growth and pain that we go through and some of the things that I, I think we've learned along the way. Hopefully you've been able to take some nuggets of wisdom out of here. If you have, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at uh, one step better at patrickaccounting.com. I almost forgot our own email address. One step better at patrickaccounting.com. You could always send us a comment through uh, wherever you're listening to podcast, YouTube, wherever you're wherever you're catching this. Um, also, don't forget to share. Um, you know, we would love to uh, to hear from other people like you that uh, that, that um, think this would be valuable. And so, make sure that you share our podcast, subscribe, all of the things that everybody always says in any podcast you listen to. Uh, and we send will, us money. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. And if you want to sponsor us, you know, you can reach us at sponsorships. Uh, yeah. I mean, set up a new email address. That's right. I mean, like, uh, you know what we need to do? We need to sponsor a college athlete as part of this new NIL stuff. That's what we need to do. I'm in. Put that on the list. Hey, if you want us to sponsor you, we'll, you we'll give you all the free works. We'll do your accounting and, and payroll. We'll, we'll, yeah. do, your, we'll yeah. do your payroll if you have uh, any employees. Yeah. No, we'd love to. We'd love to talk to you if you're, if you're a athlete looking <laughs> for some name. I identification or name image likeness name and image yep. likeness we'd love to help you there you go because <laughs> our viewership is massive and broad that's right all right well thanks guys you guys have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week